0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast where I get inside the brains of some of the best and brightest in personal finance to find out how they achieved financial independence. I'm excited to introduce my guest today. He's Doug from MonumentalStrength.com, and Doug is actually my personal trainer. He's been working with me since I quit my job back in August of 2016, and he's whipped me into the best shape of my life. I feel great, I'm sleeping very well. I'm stronger than I've ever been, and it's been a fantastic change, and I wanted to get him on the program because that was probably the second biggest mistake I made on my path to financial independence, the first being I was putting off my happiness until uh, I reached FI, but I was also putting off my health, so I figured, you know, I was too busy when I had my job, so I was like, well, you know, I'll worry about health and working out and getting in shape after I hit FI, and that was really stupid because I would have... Felt so much better in my job and in my life at that time had I been focusing on my health because the benefits of getting into shape are so much more than just being healthy. It Like I said before, like I sleep better, I feel better, I'm happier, I'm in better moods, I eat better, and I wish I had taken advantage of it before five because it would have made my working career so much happier. So I wanted to bring him on the show to chat about everything that he's been putting me through over the last two years. And I wanted to release it now before Christmas so that you get a few weeks head start before everyone hits the gym in January. I've been going to the gym for the past two years consistently and I definitely notice an uptick in people that are there in January and then not so much in February and you don't want to be one of those people. So don't put it off until January 1st. Don't make it a New Year's resolution. Hit the gym now. The first two weeks are probably going to be the hardest and the most uncomfortable because you're not going to know what you're doing. You're not going to feel strong. You're not going to really feel like you're doing it properly but after the first two weeks uh that's when i started really to enjoy it and then that built from there so if you hit the gym now you have a lot of free time over the holidays you can start figuring everything out while the gym is quiet and you can take advantage of one of the best perks of working out in my opinion is the freedom to eat a bunch of food because you've obviously strained yourself strained your muscles you need to refuel yourself and rebuild those muscles so anytime i work out i feel like i can just eat a ton of food and not feel too guilty about it as long as it's pretty healthy food and there's no better time than the holidays to take advantage of that so without further delay dog thanks so much for being here i appreciate it
1: yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So we go way back. We met way down in Ecuador, I think in 2014 or so. It was the first Chautauqua I ever went to, and it was no doubt your first Chautauqua as well. And if I remember correctly, you guys were pretty early on your path to Phi and sort of new to the whole thing. So it was quite the leap to just go down to Ecuador. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, luckily for me, my wife is uh, pretty adventurous. I'm I'm more of the stay-at-home kind of person. So I'm glad I have her to, to rip me out outside.
0: <laughs> and and your wife is Jay from millennialboss.com and the Fire Drill podcast, right? That's right. She wasn't a podcaster or blogger back then though. Uh, you guys, I think at that time you had just bought a big house and uh, were maybe second guessing that decision and you're pretty new to the whole Fi game. So yeah, well done to you guys for coming down and especially you because you weren't you weren't particularly into... Finances and all that stuff were you.
1: No, no. In fact, I uh, uh, I wasn't really second guessing the house purchase until uh, we went down to Ecuador and talked to all of you guys. <laughs> so I was pretty <laughs> pretty happy with it, you know. And, uh, and then I was like, "Hey, wait a second. They're kind of right." <laughs> so <laughs> I, I do believe there was uh, some talk uh, about stripping the house of copper wire to uh, get some of the money back or something at one point. I don't know. I was probably sleeping. <laughs>
0: <in>. <laughs> That's right. You were sleeping because you were you were training quite hard at the time, weren't you? For, yeah. for yeah. some event maybe. Yeah. So
1: I was training for a, a weightlifting competition, um, which is actually the last one that I competed in. Um, so actually that might've been 2015 then. But, uh, yeah, it's called the American open and, uh, training pretty hard for it. And that was one of my kind of reservations to going down to Ecuador was I was, uh, just a couple months away from the competition and I knew getting down there, I wasn't going to obviously be able to train with weights or, or anything, um, especially like keeping with the same, uh, eating plan and all of that stuff. So, but you know, and it turned out fine anyways, so I made it qualified for the competition and competed and all that. So.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, no, because I just remember you—you you were always very uh, disciplined with your eating at the at the meals that we had, and you weren't drinking, and you were going to bed at a reasonable hour. So, so yeah, you're right. At at some point, Jay stayed up way later than you, and we were all in the hot tub, and the bright idea <laughs> was to uh, strip all the copper wire out, and then, uh, yeah, just leave the house to rot away, which obviously was just joking. But uh, I'm glad you didn't follow that advice because. As you mentioned right before we got on the call, you're uh, just hopefully closed on the house finally, so that so that's behind you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So we we've known each other since either 2014 or 2015, whenever that was. And during that time, you had offered to train me, and at that time, I was just a skinny, lazy uh, computer programmer, and <laughs> I had always thought that I would want to get into shape and get healthier and lift weights Uh, but obviously there was loads of things that always came up that would get in the way of that but I was like all right well I'm going to be quitting my job soon so I really need to take this seriously and I took you up on it and it's what it's like been two years of you training me remotely through a really cool app yeah maybe before we dive into like all the the meat of this episode maybe give people just a little bit of a background in physical fitness I guess
1: sure Yeah, so I have a master's degree in exercise science from Bowling Green State University. And, um, you know, basically once I acquired that, I've had uh, quite the privilege of working under some great strength and conditioning coaches, um, anywhere from private sector place called Athletes Performance, which is now called Exos. They work a lot with like uh, tactical populations, NFL players, um, college athletes, and then um, I've worked at University of Michigan, um, the National Strength and Conditioning Association's headquarters. So uh, I, I've spent about four years there as an assistant, and um, they work a lot uh, kind of in the education side. But I worked in the performance center as well. So I, I kind of had my hands in, in both the education side, where I was able to actually have the opportunity to co-author a couple of chapters in a textbook. Uh, and then as well as training athletes out of there worked after that as a weightlifting coach. So in the sport of weightlifting, so what people would see on the Olympics, for example, so where, you know, you're doing like a clean and jerk is the lift that's uh, most known. Um, and then now in my current roles, I'm teaching at Seattle university. So I started there and made it through a full school year and I'm going into my second school year right now. Uh, picked a part-time job as a strength coach at a Division three school, University of Puget Sound here in Tacoma. So uh, I'm pretty excited to get back into coaching as well.
0: That's very cool. So all of that is to say you're way overqualified for putting, <laughs> getting my ass into shape because uh, at the stage <laughs> I was in back when we met, it wouldn't have taken all that knowledge and experience to get me into shape. It just I just needed to get up and moving and, and actually working out, but it's been great so far, so maybe talk about what your thinking was when I did approach you or and we talked about maybe working together you know what what your focus was to to get me from being a lazy guy that stares at a computer screen all day to actually being someone that can make some progress in the gym
1: well, you know it it definitely starts with the person that or working with. So like from, from my perspective, right. You, you came to me and basically said like, all right, I'm ready. So I think that's the first hurdle that people need to get over is making the effort to, to, if they're working with someone like you were working with me to actually come forward and say, you know, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Versus um, most people make the effort and they might go into the gym, but then, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a scary place. Um, so getting through that, that door is really the first step, really getting in the car to go, you know, um, because once you're there, like even myself, like I've been, you know, lifting and training for probably half my life. So 15, 16 years. And even now, like I still have days where I'm like, I don't want to go, um, got so much going on, all this stuff. But once you're at the gym, then it's like, well, now I'm here. Like, I have to work. So you know what I mean? So uh, it seems mm-hmm. like a simple step, but uh, once once you do that first step, then you're kind of off and running.
0: Yeah, I actually talked to your- James Clear and he was working with somebody who wanted to start getting getting into shape. And he just started the habit of going to the gym and he restricted it to only being allowed to be in the gym for five minutes. So it took all that other scary stuff away of like, what I what do I do when I get there? What do I how do I do all these lifts? Am I going to be looked at? Am I going to be laughed at? And things like that. It took all that away. And he just built the habit of getting in the car, getting changed at the gym, and then just like leaving pretty much, which obviously after doing that for a while was pointless because he wasn't really working out, but he developed the habit of just going to the gym. And that, you know, it took out all the, all the, Planning and how to get there and all the preparation, it got that into a habit. And then once he was there and was used to going, then he's like, "All right, well, I'm here now, so I might as well just start working out because this is crazy, just coming for five minutes every day." But you're right; it's a it's a huge initial hurdle.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, uh, in the way that I look at everything, uh, I guess as far as the gym goes and training and all that, is everything can be put into a continuum or a progression. So, you know, definitely just for, in, in his instance, going to the gym and just changing or whatever, maybe he jumped on a bike for like three to five minutes and then, then left whatever that's still better than not going. So you got to start somewhere, right? So if that's his starting point and then he, you know, two weeks from there, he actually does it some lifting or, or whatever, or goes 10 minutes on the bike, you're still moving in the right direction. So if you look at it like that, I think it's a little less scary. And in terms of someone, you know, so someone who's never lifted, uh, say they want to learn how to squat. They're not, if they're working with a good professional, that person is not going to put them right to a, a barbell back squat. There's a progression to learn that, to build up to that. And Everyone is individual. So in terms of their learning progress, you might not get to the barbell in a month, but someone else might get there in two weeks or whatever, right? So so it's as far as the learning rate and when you're ready, it's going to be individualized and you're not going to be thrown under the bar, which is the most scary thing, I think, to people, right? Because that's the biggest exercise. Right. You can do the most weight with that you might start on a bodyweight squat. And again, that's not a bad thing. It's just where you're at.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about that progression because it was interesting as being the person on the other side of it, um, seeing what you're making me do. And it was only until later that I realized why I think you're making me do the things that I was doing. Because at first I was, you were easing me into these more complicated things like free weights and bars and um, dumbbells and things like that. Because when I first went in there, I was like, oh, these things seem so hard. And I was wondering why I was doing those versus just the machines, which are pretty easy to understand. And you don't feel like you could hurt yourself. And I was I was wondering why I was being eased into this more difficult thing. And it was only later that I realized, oh, these exercises with a barbell, say, are working so many different little muscles in your body that a machine's just not going to touch because you're trying to in addition to doing the squat, say your, your, your core has to be there to hold up the, your body, to hold the bar and all these sorts of things. And it was only later that I realized that. So maybe talk about that progression. And if somebody is a beginner out there, what you would start with and what you would be trying to work towards and why.
1: Yeah. So when I'm writing a program for someone, I would look at first, obviously, what is their background in terms of exercising? Uh, and especially if I'm working with someone remotely, like I was with you, where I I can't be there with them to see what's going on. I always err on the the side of safety, right? So in that instance, I would, whatever kind of workout I'm writing, whether it's like an all, all upper body, all lower body, or like a a total body workout, whatever. I'm going to start with some body weight exercises first. Uh, and then progress that for say four weeks. Um, and then from there we'll go into lighter implements like dumbbells, that kind of stuff. So I'd I'd use exercises like that to start someone out just to err on the side of safety because I wouldn't be there. Um, or even if I was there, I'm I'm first using bodyweight exercises, but then I can assess if I am there, what's their movement like? Because movement is going to come first. And when I say movement, I really mean technique, right? Or form, most people say. So once they have good technique and their their movement is proper, then I would progress them into using external load. So dumbbells, kettlebells, that kind of stuff. And then from there, progress to like barbell exercises where you can load more and more weight on.
0: It was a great progression because it was like, yeah, had I put been put on dumbbells or even an empty barbell, like, I just felt like I was so weak in so many areas that <laughs> I could have just fallen over or fallen backwards or crumpled or something just because like all of those supporting muscles that weightlifters have, I just didn't have any of them because I was, you know, it was hard enough to sit up in, behind a laptop for eight hours a day. Like that was like the extent of my strength. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a really interesting progression
1: going back to those progressions, I'm, I'm progressing you in terms of safety and learning movements, but now think of it in terms of you are literally physically educating yourself to build a bigger and bigger repertoire of movements that you can perform of exercises. Mm -hmm. So now, even if you get to an advanced point, you can always go back to those simple exercises like push-ups or bodyweight squats or pull-ups. like Those are never things that you're going to totally leave once you progress. You can always go back to them. You just have a bigger repertoire or basket of exercises to choose from now because you're teaching your your body how to move in those ways.
0: Right, right. But even like a curl machine, like where you're just sitting there and your arms are resting on this pad and you're literally just doing curls, I feel like I get such a better full body experience by like having a a barbell that I'm doing curls with or dumbbell curls. Is, is there a difference? Is that all in my head or is no. that, is that actually a thing? Like these machines seem to focus so hyper focus on one thing, whereas you could get a full better experience using dumbbells or barbells.
1: Right. Uh, no, you're, you're dead on there. Um, so basically if, if, For the listeners, whenever you're sitting on a machine, right? And and as you said, you're so focused on say like a seated machine curl or something, the only muscles that are going to be working are your biceps and maybe some stabilizer muscles in the shoulders or something. Whereas if you're standing now, you actually have to support your weight as you're standing, you have to balance. So you have all all of your stabilizer muscles in your hips and and your lower back is working and, and everything like that. So Anytime you're using free weights of any kind and having to support the load throughout your body, you, you are using more musculature. So that means you're going to, even, even if you're doing a standing barbell curl, you're still going to strengthen to an extent, uh, some of those stabilizer muscles. And when those muscles are working, you're burning more calories. So if one of your goals is not only to get stronger, but to maybe lose some weight, lose some fat that's going to be a better option than a seated machine curl. So that's, that's uh, yeah. definitely uh, one of the benefits. And then, you know, uh, you can do like unilateral exercises. So working once out of the body, maybe like dumbbell lunges or something like that to where you now really have to balance. And now you're working a lot of your trunk musculature. So the core, as most people say these days, you're, you're going to definitely strengthen that more than if you were doing a machine exercise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was only something I appreciated later on, but I, I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that I did take the progression through those things with just body weight exercises to sort of feel the movements and then trying out kettlebell or dumbbells just to ease myself into the weights and then eventually getting to the barbells because, yeah, it just feels like I'm getting such a good workout. And this is probably a good time to talk about that, actually. People probably think you would lose more weight running a marathon than working out and lifting weights in the gym all the time. But the amount of calories that are burned with some of these exercises is quite high. And... Lifting itself is, a, is an aerobic exercise to an extent. Is that right?
1: In a way, yeah. I think what you're getting at is uh, there's something called the EPOC or it's E-P-O-C. Uh, it's exercise post uh, oxygen consumption. So basically when you're lifting, especially uh, when you're lifting heavier, uh, it's shown that you're, you know, hours after you've completed your session, you are burning more calories still than if you went on a run. And that's a big part of that is uh, muscle tissue is active. So the more muscle you have, the more calories you're going to burn. So that's why they say lifting is better than running or any cardio. And obviously that I'm not saying cardiovascular exercise is something you should totally avoid because obviously with the heart health and things, there there are benefits to that. And actually... Uh, cardiovascular exercise helps with recovering in between lifting sessions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's definitely something even Jill, my wife, she ran the New York marathon and she trained for I think nine months to do that. And yeah, her her weight didn't fluctuate much at all. Um, and then it was just like a few months training with me in the gym. Her weight had dropped, uh, more than it did for that whole nine months of working out. And yeah, she was toned and feeling great. So it was, yeah, it was a very different experience and not something she expected. I don't think, because yeah, you think you're going to run a marathon, you're going to get in the best shape of your life, but really her body composition didn't change that much. Not that she needed to, but she was, you know, just happier with the, uh, results from three months of lifting.
1: Yeah. And, and like you said there with body composition, uh, lifting is going to help a lot more, with body composition in the end, then, then cardiovascular exercises is because, uh, again, muscle is active. And if you're lifting and, you know, working your muscle more, whether it's, you're going to hypertrophy gain, gain more muscle size, right. That's going to then allow you to burn even more calories. If you're adding more muscle to your frame and help even at rest, Right. Even if you're just sitting there, you're burning more calories because you have more muscle on your frame.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of sitting there, just real quick, the one thing that one benefit that I was really pleased with is uh, better posture. That was something that I was always like, you know, the worst nerd posture and I always wanted to fix it, but I could never focus on it to fix it. And I just didn't realize that I think core strength was the 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 main problem. And after addressing the core strength and increasing that, then the, the good posture just came uh more naturally. Is that is that how it works?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it like even even standing or sitting, like you say, if you if you make those individual muscles stronger, they're able to essentially hold you up better, right? So you don't everyone thinks of strength as like going to, or I should say displaying strength as just doing an exercise, but you, you can still, you can display strength sitting, right? Uh, you have those stronger muscles to now hold you up better. And even when people, you see people that don't really know what they're doing, they go into the gym and they're doing like the, the exercises you see most people do and people call them the, the mirror muscle exercises. So it's only they'll exercise the muscles that they can see in a mirror, basically facing, right? So the anterior <laughs> or the front of your body. But oh, yeah. most people don't work the posterior side or or your back, right? So we're talking your hamstrings, your glutes, or your your butt muscles, uh, your lower back, your upper back. So things like rows, back extensions, things like that. that those are the postural muscles that are going to help you and being able to sit up straight and being able to, to walk straight and not be hunched over. And honestly, that's um, just in terms of, we'll call it static health, like those exercises and those muscle groups are going to be major in your health for just sitting there. You know, we don't see it now, but 20 years, 30 years from now, what do you look like if you don't do those exercises? You know, you'll be standing up straight for what your normal is but you'll be facing the floor
0: right yeah no that's a good point point. and the other thing to discuss maybe about leg day and those other muscles is those are the ones that are going to be burning the most calories so if weight loss is something that you're interested in increasing the muscle size of your biggest muscles like your butt and your hamstrings and things surely is going to be the the thing that burns a lot more calories is that right
1: oh absolutely yeah um again bigger muscle more calories burned so Uh, you know, especially on the guy's side, most guys don't do legs, right? Friends don't let friends skip leg day. So (laughs) (laughs) if if half your body is your legs and you're not working them, then you're missing out on a big opportunity. So definitely important. And again, you don't have to start squatting with the bar. You can start with body weight and in your room, if you don't want anyone to see you doing body weight squats, but you got to start somewhere.
0: I couldn't walk after my first session of bodyweight squats, so it definitely it definitely works. And if you All haven't had, if you haven't worked out your legs ever then yeah, just be prepared to struggle to walk for a few weeks until you get used to it, but it's it's a good pain, I think. So, I mean, this is probably a good opportunity to talk about like the the main training days and the muscle groups that are focused on. Like I've obviously noticed a pattern with your training plans over the years. You maybe want to talk about the the big groups and how you pair them up and things on certain days.
1: Yeah. Um, and really, I mean, it, it, I never like stick totally to the same stuff, right? I'm always, uh, changing things up and progressing. As we said, we want to move in the right direction. Um, so it just really depends on what's the, the priority goal for that training phase. So if someone's looking to gain muscle size, like when I was working with you, I'd, I can say, okay, well, day one, we're going to work uh, mostly like the chest and triceps, right? Uh, day two, we'll we we'll switch to lower body, let the upper body rest, and we'll go um, more of the anterior muscles like the, the quads and work like squatting type movements. Um, day three, we'll do upper body pull, so like back stuff, and we'll do a lot of rows and pull-ups and things like that and so on, right? switching up the muscle groups. And that's more of a traditional bodybuilding type program. So that might, might be a program you'd see like Arnold and those guys on back in the day of bodybuilding. Now, if you're talking, Oh, I want to gain strength, then obviously I'm not getting into the nitty gritty of sets and reps and load and things like that. But if you were going for strength, uh, then we can look at, okay, uh, three, four days a week. Now we're going to pair up uh, we can start pairing up muscle groups into movements. So then we look at it in terms of not necessarily what muscles are we working, but what movements are we working for the sessions? So we could do like a day one upper body press again, but now we're pressing overhead. Cause we're not like sh- strict on, Oh, we're, we're only working the chest this day. But now when you press overhead, you're working the shoulders and then second day, lower body pull. So that would be like deadlifts and RDLs where you're working the hamstrings and uh lower back and, and stuff like that. But then you're working, obviously heavier, heavier load, less reps when you're trying to gain strength.
0: Cool. And yeah, this obviously is way more complicated than we can actually get into here but are there any good resources that you'd recommend for somebody who's looking to get started? I know you have a email series that sort of gets people introduced to things like this. Is there any books or courses or what would you recommend for somebody who's interested in getting started?
1: There's, uh, the NSCA who I work for has a essentials of strength training and conditioning textbook. Fourth edition is the newest one. Um, and that, while it is for professionals, I think is written clear enough that somebody could take a lot from it. If they're not looking for such a comprehensive book, because that goes over everything, right? From um, like physiology to biomechanics and things like that. There's like one-off books like uh, Periodization is one by uh, Tudor Bampa. Uh, That's pretty good. And that that, I mean, that's a, again, that's like textbook size, but that's mainly on program design. So if they wanted to learn how to properly design a program, that would be a good one. There's also science and practice of strength training, and that's by, um, Kramer and Zatsiorsky. So that's like a, a go-to for me on a regular. And again, that's, it's not too complex to where someone couldn't take a lot of information from it. Some of the stuff gets nuanced, but it's pretty it's pretty good overall. That I think a a beginner could could read it and comprehend most of it.
0: Cool. And then if they don't want to learn about it, they just want to get fit. Obviously, the same app that you use for me, you use for other people, right? Yep, Uh,
1: that's uh, Trainer Eyes app. Actually, another source that I thought of just now. I've been uh, really enjoying a lot of stuff from Charles Poliquin. So he's world renowned as a strength coach and works with a ton of Olympians and pro athletes and all that. And all, most of his writings, he backs up with with research literature. So uh, I like learning from him a lot and his stuff is on strengthsensei.com.
0: Cool. I will link to all that stuff in the show notes. And obviously I'll link to the Trainer Eyes site for you as well in case people just want to get you to do the programs, which I'd highly recommend because uh, like I said, it's been fantastic. And I do uh, love using the app as well, It's just so easy and just can get through everything in the gym and keep track of everything, which is great. I want to make a sort of a shift to the other important aspect of all of this stuff, which is diet. So you can go to the gym all you want, but if your diet's terrible, <laughs> you're not going to see any of the results that you want. So what do you focus on when you're thinking about what to eat when you're training and maybe weight loss versus, uh, strength building and, um, muscle mass building?
1: Well, yeah. So, I mean, it it all comes down to the, the main focus is uh, should always be on calories in versus calories out, right? How much are you taking in and how much are you burning? And so really like, for, for someone who's just starting out, the first step is, is, you know, sit down and and write out what you've been eating, you know, keep, keep a three to five day log of your food and, and be honest with it. So not only what you ate, but how, what was the quantity or the amount that you ate. Right. So, um, I'm notorious for going through peanut butter, like nobody's business and actually, uh, my buddy just sent me a five pound tub of, of peanut butter as kind of a joke, but also as a <laughs> payment for helping him with his program. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can get carried away with peanut butter pretty quick. And I'll admit that I don't use any measuring with peanut butter, but I I usually just say, oh, I had this many spoonfuls, whatever. But most people don't keep track or don't think about it. They'll just, especially if you're sitting down talking with someone and you're, you're eating as you're talking to them, right, you lose track. So I'd say definitely number one thing that I try and focus on and tell people to focus on is, is just be aware of what's going in your mouth, right? And how much of it. And as simple as that sounds, that's a big one that is often overlooked and plays a huge role in body composition. and. And obviously, performance, too, if you're on that side, of
0: the- yeah, just like with money uh, you need to know where you're at with your net worth, and you need to know your incomings and outgoings before you can actually have a plan towards financial independence. because if you don't know that stuff, then it's hard to build off of, so once you know you know your what what you're currently consuming, are there particular foods that are great for things like adding mass and obviously protein you hear a lot about, what is it that you tend to focus on if you're wanting to get to the gym and get stronger and get bigger?
1: I'd say number one is red meat for sure. Especially steak, love steak, can't get enough of it. And and just the amount of nutrients that you get from from red meat are abundant compared to say like a uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast. Okay. So um, another source that I, I like for information is Stan Efforting. So he just came out uh, within the last year or two with uh, his diet Approach is called the vertical diet so people can look up. I think it's just theverticaldiet.com. to be honest I, I don't know a ton about the diet yet. I need to buy his book and read it, but um, he's big into sticking with just a handful of sources of food and And letting your body get used to digestion with that and taking it in the nutrients and one of his biggest things is um, Gut health so there's there's a ton in the recent years that's been learned about gut health. And basically if, if you're not up to par with your gut health, you're not going to absorb the nutrients as well. And therefore your body is not going to function at its fullest potential if you're not absorbing those nutrients. So he, he sticks to say like steak, white rice, carrots and a couple other things. Reason being is also the micronutrients, right? So macronutrients versus micronutrients, macronutrients are your protein, carbohydrates, fats. So most people think of those as the focus and he, his, his thing is you're looking more at, you should be looking more at the micro micronutrients because that's what, uh, you may be missing out on a lot of those micronutrients say like most people, especially in the Northern hemisphere are deficient in vitamin D. Right Because of the, the lack of sun sunlight, so you know, focusing on what you may be missing out on and then getting those things, you start to feel a lot better, just like miraculously, right? All this stuff starts getting put into play, and you, you feel a lot healthier, and a lot of the micronutrients are responsible for things like um, blood pressure regulation, uh, insulin regulation, things like that. So pretty, pretty important.
0: So uh, that's, I mean, this is probably a good time to talk about like supplements. So it seems like I, I've always thought most supplements are probably a bunch of bullshit, but <laughs> there's probably some that are quite good. So uh, in particular, I think the ones that we've taken in the past are vitamin D. Obviously we are very deficient of that in here in Scotland, maybe some calcium and some fish oil are, are those good? Does it all depend on the manufacturer? Are there some that you would recommend taking and some that you would maybe not recommend taking? What are your thoughts on supplements?
1: Um, I've taken pretty much everything under the sun at one point or another, but really the last, I'd say 10 years, I've tried to stay away from most supplements and get get what I need from food sources. Um, and really the only way that you can know if you're deficient for sure is to actually get a uh, pl- uh, blood panel drawn right so that's kind of the first step in, in checking versus just going out and spending your money when you don't really know if you actually need those things so if if you want to really know for sure you go go and get a blood panel drawn and, and look and see what you're deficient in and then you can make an educated decision on if if you really do need those supplements or again like you can always go to to whole food first before you're getting those supplements to get what you're missing
0: Cool. Okay. So, so I'll just run through like what I've been focusing on eating, uh, over the last little while. And you can tell me if I'm maybe deficient in something or if I'm on the right track. So, um, usually doing like quite a lot of eggs. We're trying to eat some meats. I've been just eating a balance of, you know, chicken and red meat. I've been doing a lot of Greek yogurt with. Nuts, almonds with chia seeds, um, throw some fruit in there, peanut butter as well, just peanut butter, mm-hmm. bananas, and then just a balanced dinner usually of you know some protein source and then some brown rice and some i don 't know maybe vegetables, potatoes, things like that, um trying to cook as often as we can of our own things so that we know exactly what's going into sure. it and um, that's pretty much it as far. And then I've been doing a pre-workout protein shake because I've been doing intermittent fasting, which we can talk about as well after, after this diet discussion. But what do you think is that, is that, are those all pretty good choices? Is there anything I should add or anything I should take away?
1: I mean, you could probably honestly add, I love avocados. So if, if you don't eat those, you know, every couple of days, I'd say that would be a good, good addition. Um, just for the healthier fats, okay you know in terms of calcium, like you said you have you have your yogurt, but also most people don't know that uh, almonds are a great source of calcium as well um, and then your like green leafy vegetables like say spinach is a great one for for calcium so because obviously, if you want to build strong bones and most of us should be thinking about ourselves in the future again, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine is not thinking about your health and in terms of the future. Most people are just what, you know, what do I look like now? How am I performing now versus 30, 40, 50 years from now? What, what am I going to be like? So with things like osteoporosis, which is uh, definitely a happenstance for a lot of people when they get older because you're losing your bone mineral density as we age. Um, you want to build that up as much as you can while you're younger so you have, you know, your, your maximum amount, you start at the highest amount because we're all eventually going to uh, lose our bone mass. So uh, calcium plays a huge role in that.
0: And lifting helps that immensely as well, right?
1: Lifting uh, in terms of just physical stress to, the, to your structure, right, to your, to your body, lifting is the best way to build bone mass, hopefully people can see a recurring theme here with, Oh, this, this is important. And Oh, lifting helps with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we haven't even talked about like happiness and just mood and sleeping better. Like there's so many things that have improved in my life because of my gym routine that I'm so kicking myself for not starting this during my career. Like this was something I put off till five, just like most things. Like it was like, Oh, once I hit five, I can do this. And the benefits that I would have reaped from doing this back when I was pursuing financial independence would have been even greater because of the stress and the, all the other things that were going on when I did have a job that I I just kicked myself that I didn't start earlier, which is hopefully what people take away from this episode more than anything is like, don't put off health and don't put off fitness until five because uh, the benefits are just so many that we haven't even have time to talk about, really, and uh, it's not worth waiting for. Definitely. So to chat about intermittent fasting briefly, that's something that I've only started over the last, I don't know, three months or something, but I really, really like it for many reasons. Um, it was already something I was close to doing anyway, uh, so it fits into my eating schedule and my habits. It's made life a lot easier because I'm there's less meals that I need to worry about. I also feel like I can just eat as much as I want during the, the feeding window, just because I'm trying to maintain the same level of calories. So I'm able to eat as much as I want. Um, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting?
1: Uh, well, I definitely like it. I've gotten out of it a little bit lately because I was trying to put on a little more mass. Um, and obviously if you're going extended times without eating, um, that's not going to help necessarily with, Gaining size, but people would be surprised in terms of strength. Uh, you know, I did it for years consistently and was still able to break some personal records, some PRs of, of mine in the gym while doing it. So, uh, it doesn't uh, really negatively impact strength as much as you would think. And I haven't read into any of the research in, in quite a quite a long time. But uh, back when I started it during my master's degree, again, it just, it fit my lifestyle. Like you said, uh, I was doing my master's degree. I was at school or in the gym working either with people lifting or training, or I was in the office working on my thesis or whatever. And it was like, you know, super busy, can't be bothered by eating. And it's kind of nice to, to not be, I'm sure everyone out there has been like, okay, I just ate breakfast. Hey, what's for lunch? Like you're preoccupied with food that it, it's kind of in the back of your mind. And it's, uh, almost like a hindrance to whatever you're trying to, to do, uh, with the work you're doing. Right. So if you don't have to be preoccupied with, with what's the next meal and you can focus more then um, you know, that's a, that's a huge win in my mind. So, and then in terms of just some of the benefits that I've read about with it, uh, you know, and they've done as far as the studies I've seen, uh, rat studies and where the longevity of the rats that were, uh, put through fasting, the, the longevity of their lifespan was increased quite a bit. So, um, so you got to look in terms of Calorie restriction has been shown to actually increase longevity in, in mammals. So, um, I don't know if I haven't seen any human studies, but uh, I care to bet it's it's at least partially beneficial. Um, you know, so that means someone might want to try it one day a week. You don't have to do it every day, um, but just try it out, and then. In terms of again going back to like daily schedule things like that, um, I think it just helps with again not being so preoccupied with stuff. And you know, most people get cranky and stuff when they haven't had when they've missed a meal or something. It just I think it helps with getting used to missing meals from time to time and not being so freaked out about it. Right? It's not the end of the world if you miss a meal.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, Jill's Jill's found that because she used to get really. Um, it's like shaky when she was hungry and always had to have meals at set times. But when she started doing the intermittent fasting, she feels like she doesn't get that shakiness, even if she's missing, you know, if she's taking 20 hours in between eating and it, um, yeah, it seems to have changed not only how she deals with not eating, but her body's reaction to not having food. Right. A reader, Subject Beef, who is uh, who's big in Reddit, He's uh, he started actually a Reddit subreddit called Fit for Fi or Fit Fi. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. But he sent me a really good video nice. um, of some research on intermittent fasting and how it was far superior than calorie restriction, just, you know, dieting um, for weight loss. And he went into some of the science behind it, which was really interesting. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Is is there anything we didn't talk about that's important in this whole sphere of health and well-being and fitness?
1: I'd say maybe the last thing and, and one thing that I could even do better myself about is we talk about food, like, okay, what, what's the food you're eating? What's the amount of that food that you're eating? But also, if you take a couple steps back, where what's the source of that food? Like, where did that food come from? take an apple for example like we know ap- apples to be healthy and whatever eat eat an apple a day keep the doctor away right that's the old saying but where did that apple come from mm-hmm. was there pesticides being sprayed on that apple right so you have to you have to keep that in mind right so where where's the the food coming from and what was used on it where were there chemicals used because obviously that's Those chemicals could potentially lead to all kinds of bad stuff, health issues, cancer, all kinds of stuff like that.
0: So how do you find the good foods? Do you mostly buy organic? I do.
1: Um, Yeah. uh, I mostly try to buy organic.
0: So this has been awesome. I'm really excited uh, to get some of this uh, information out there because, yeah, like I said, it's been such a big impact to my life over the last couple of years. So hopefully it's inspired other people to – take it more seriously. Um, I usually end all my interviews with what's one, what's one piece of advice you'd give to somebody on the path to financial independence. So you could go money this way. You can go health. It could be, I'll leave it up to you.
1: Um, yeah, let's stick to health just because, you know, my wife, Jay is the one that handles the financials in the family. So (laughs) I handle the health stuff. And I'd, I'd say, you know, when, when someone does reach that point, when they retire. But of course, we talked about not waiting, don't wait, just jump right in with two feet and get into healthier habits. But especially when they do become retired, and they have all that extra time, you know, don't, don't get too overwhelmed by all this stuff, because there is a lot of smoke and mirrors out there in the health, health world. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, with the progressions, don't be afraid to just start somewhere, start small, Certainly reach out to a professional if you feel uncomfortable starting yourself and don't know what to do. Like, definitely you can, you know, Brandon, you can share my email and people can reach out to me. But uh, start somewhere and, you know, realize that if you don't have your health, then what do you have? You know, you could have all all that money that you just worked on building up and you've just retired early, but if you don't have your health, you can't enjoy it the same way. Absolutely. So, um, that that's always the starting point for me. And I know I'm kind of biased because I'm in that profession, but, um, that's to me, that's the most important thing.
0: Yep. No, I can't agree more. So that's, that's great advice um how can people find you? so I'll add your email address to the show notes obviously link to your your website on um the trainer eyes app uh, anywhere else they can get in touch with you
1: uh yeah um so my website's monumental strength you can find me at lil weightlifter l i l weightlifter um on really all the social media channels
0: Cool well, I will link to all that in the show notes and yeah, thank you again so much for chatting to me uh, about all this stuff and for whipping my ass into shape over the last two years. It's been amazing. So I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right, buddy. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.